Shalava, and you're listening to the Road Freedom Pod. You find me on Instagram and Twitter at Matt Shalava, and it is Tuesday. So I have a couple days left in my work week, and then I'm going to be out and about. I'm going to be hanging out with my girlfriend, so that'll be a lot of fun just to have a little bit of time to spend with her. She was just home for a little bit, and now I'm going to go see her and then get back down to business and get to work again. So it's been good. It's been a really, really good start to the week. I've gotten some good sales. I made some really, really decently profitable sales yesterday. Got some sneakers that I've been meaning to list listed. Got an offer from somebody on eBay pretty quickly and it was a pretty good offer. It was it wasn't the the top of the price range, but it was pretty close and I was happy with it. I said, "Okay, fine." And I messaged them a little bit back and forth and said, "Hey, you recognize that this box is a little bit dinged up, right? You know that these are brand new sneakers." The sneakers themselves are dead stock, but the box is banged up. The, the tag is kind of gross looking, and you're you're okay with that, right? And he said, yeah, just make sure that there's no imperfections or anything with the sneakers. So I did, and I verified that with the buyer and sent them pictures and everything, and he said, that's perfectly fine. That's exactly what's going on with my shoes. Don't worry about it. So I'm going to send those into eBay and to the authentication service, and we'll see if they end up sending them through. I personally hope that they do because it's obviously a good sale and a lot of times they will they I feel a little bit worried sending stuff into there now just because some of the things that they have rejected this box looks a little bit banged up I listed them as new sneakers I also put in the description that the box is banged up said refer to the pictures sent the buyer pictures confirmed to the buyer that they were okay with the sale before I made the sale so like everything kind of went together very well for that and hopefully they look at those messages and pass them through other than that I wasn't going to list them as new with defects because that looks like a b-grade shoe and they're not a defective shoe there's nothing wrong with the shoe itself the defect would be with the box but they're not new with defects like that sounds a lot worse than it actually is I don't really think that that's a great way to describe the shoe because again it sounds like a b-grade shoe which a b-grade shoe with nike is a shoe that doesn't meet their standards something's wrong either one of the shoes is a little bit bigger than the other which is probably not the case it's usually something wrong with the stitching or something wrong with the coloring maybe there's some discoloration or maybe they ended up putting the smaller logo on there were some quality issues quality control issues with the the stitching on some of the logos they put on or something you never know what it is but a lot of times they will put that sort of a grade on a shoe and you can tell that you can walk into a ross or a marshall's or wherever you end up finding a b-grade shoe and you can look at the inner tag of the shoe on the on the tongue and it's a great thing it's a great practice to do to look at the tag on the tongue and a lot of times you'll do this anyway in a ross or a marshall's because you want to make sure that the size is correct you want to make sure that both the shoes are the same size and you want to check the size and the skew number to see what it is on ebay and when you look at the inside of the shoe on that tag, they will stamp a letter B with a red circle around it, or red B with a B circle, like a circle around it, and it's put right on the tag itself. And that is meant to show that it's a B-grade shoe. And I'd never seen one of those before. I walked into a Ross, found a great deal on a pair of Air Maxes, and then saw they were B-grade. And I scooped them up anyway because they were 12 bucks. Sold them for 75, very good profit. So not always a bad idea to look at the cost of those B-grade shoes. A lot of the times the store will recognize that they're B-grade and mark them down in price and it's a great way to get a good deal on a pair of shoes a lot of people don't care that they're b grades if they're not a, a sneakerhead shoe if they're not a jordan one if they're not some 
very highly coveted dunk. If they're not some collab that somebody did with an Air Max or something, a lot of times it doesn't matter. People will spend a little less money to get a B-grade shoe knowing that there's probably not that huge of a flaw with them anyways. If there was really a major flaw, Nike wouldn't have bothered sending the shoe out. They would have probably sent it somewhere else. So that is something to think about and it is a good way to make a little bit of extra money on some shoes that a lot of people will pass over. So anyway, that was something that happened. I am thinking about that. going to see if that shoe goes through. If it doesn't, I don't know. I'm going to have to call eBay and see what's going on because that that right there would be just a blatant a blatant like problem where you, you confirm with the buyer that the shoe was good. You confirm with the buyer that they were happy with the purchase. You confirm that the condition of the box and the condition of the shoe were, were, were more than acceptable, were perfectly fine with the buyer, and they ended up rejecting it, that would be a huge problem for me. So I'm going to pay attention to that and see how things progress with this sale as we go forward. Now the buyer was pretty cool. I ended up talking to them a little bit on eBay, said, hey, how long have you been selling sneakers? I went and checked out their store and they had like 200 pairs of sneakers in there. A lot of them without boxes, a lot of them brand new, a lot of them Air Max 270s and a lot of shoes you would see at a Burlington, Ross, Finish Line, Foot Locker, type of run that a lot of sneaker sellers do. And they said, yeah, I've been selling for a little bit of time. I just graduated college. I'm doing some, this is actually my main stream of income now. And I'm doing some selling as I, I think they were going to grad school, as I complete my grad school thing, which was incredible to me. I was like, that's awesome. I'm so happy to see that. That's a really, really cool thing. And they started sending me pictures of some of the shoes that they had found because I asked them for their Twitter handle, which I'm not even sure if you're allowed to do that on eBay. I saw before that you're allowed to give a buyer some social media stuff if it's to promote sales with within like your or, or to promote your brand, I guess is like the way that they put it. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what it, the, the kind of the way it works. But I was like, hey, I want to follow you and see what you're selling. So I don't know if somebody comes after me from eBay about that what are they going to do? So I'm not soliciting from the guy outside of eBay or anything. So it's not a big deal. But on Twitter, he started sending me a few photos of some of the dunks he came across and he got some of the, I forget what the colorway was. I think they were the russets or the russets or however you want to say that word. And then there were the black staple pigeons, beautiful shoe. Those were popping up at a lot of Burlington's really rare shoe, really crazy that those were popping up. So he got a pair of those as well. He was like, it's very difficult for me to be able to find shoes now that I have a full-time job and I graduated school. I before didn't have a full-time job so I could go source in the mornings. And now that I'm going at night, all the resellers have picked through everything. And so that to me is kind of an eye opener because I saw the same exact issue whenever I went to Burlington, Ross, Marshalls. It seemed like everything was picked through by the time I got there. And that's not always the case. It's not to, to discourage you from going to those types of stores. It's just a, a bit of a kind of an eye opener to me to see somebody who was finding all these crazy finds and then saying, hey, I started a full-time position and I'm working during the day now. It's obviously a lot more difficult for me to find some of these hype sneakers that I was finding before. Same locations, same areas, same stores. Everything's the same, just the time of day changes. And if you're somebody that's full-time, it may not be a bad idea to go look through some of these stores at a different time of day. If you're having a dry spell where you can't go find any inventory, you're not finding new sneakers to flip, you're not finding, I don't know, whatever you end up flipping, 
maybe it's a good time to go check that store at a different time of day. If you're going in the evening, start going in the morning. If you're going in the morning, maybe go in the afternoon. Like try switching things up. It may just be because they started restocking at a different time. Maybe they found that it was a better time to restock right after the lunch run because people leave the store and it's kind of dead. So maybe they started restocking all their shelves at 1 p.m. rather than 8 a.m. I, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of different things that play into this. And so it's it's a good way to vary up your your routine and try and get yourself a little bit more sales and a little bit more inventory, I guess, through trying to go at a different time. Now, obviously, a lot of us don't have that kind of a, a the liberty to do that because we have a full-time job outside of just reselling. So maybe you're working day like day shift. You're not going to just leave and try and go sourcing and tell them, hey, I'll come in the night. Like that's not how it works. So you're no you don't have that liberty. But if you are full-time, you can try and switch things up. So that's that's one small thing that is seemed to be valuable for a lot of people. I've seen a lot of people who go in the mornings, absolutely crush thrift stores, absolutely crush the Ross Burlington discount store run type of a thing. And there's some decent money to be made there. Now, as far as today goes, I talked about those Kith shoes that I ended up selling. Those did well. I sold a pair of the, the Jordan four fire red youth shoes that I got. So I got a pair of grade schools. They were seven youth and seven youth is a really, really good side size of grade schools to get. Grade schools are basically like the, the, the crossover between when you're like a kid to becoming an adult. Like you, you have like, I think it's size three through seven. That is considered a grade school size because most people, most, most kids wear that size up until I don't know, I'd probably say middle school. So like it's it's a it's a younger size for kind of like an elementary school sizing, I guess. And you can do really well flipping these shoes because they oftentimes will cost a lot less than the actual full men's size run of the shoe or women's size run of the shoe. They'll usually cost a little bit less than those shoes themselves, but they will still yield considerable profits to where they may cost less but they'll they'll sell for relatively the same or maybe a little bit less but because of the lessened initial cost to buy the shoe you're still making around the same profit now that's not the case for every shoe it has to be a hype shoe it has to be a good looking shoe it has to be some sort of driver behind the value of the shoe that's not just it's a random shoe that's releasing today um, but you can usually make some good money on these and that's what I was doing when I got these shoes they did an early release I got these Jordan 4s early and I've sold the shoes five times and every time people have canceled people have flaked out people haven't paid I've accepted an offer literally every time and people have not paid last time somebody paid and then immediately said hey I can't buy these anymore I was like what the heck like how many times do I have to sell these stupid shoes before I can get them out of my house and so somebody sent me an offer and I was like okay here's what I'm gonna do I don't really care anymore if I sell these things right now it's not gonna be a big deal to me because I've already sold them four times not gotten any payment for them. So not going to be a huge loss if I don't sell them today. So I countered because I would have accepted the offer they sent. It was 200 bucks for the shoes. The current going rate on eBay was like two or on StockX, I think it was like 210, 220 for a seven youth. So not anything crazy, uh, you know, pretty close to 200. But I was like, okay, well, I'll counter with with 20 or $15 off of the, the cost I have now. If the person comes back and gives me a counter offer or accepts it, then obviously I know that they want the shoes. If not, then they were just somebody who's probably gonna flake out anyways. So I countered and they counter offered me with, I think it was like 10 or 20 bucks more and I accepted the offer and they paid immediately. So I was pumped about that. I got those shipped out today, so that was good. And then I sold a coffee mug, which that's just, if you're not selling coffee mugs right now, you need to sell some coffee mugs. I don't care if you're somebody that has like, 
a million dollars in sales. If you see a box of coffee mugs wherever you are and you see them really cheap, just buy them and as long as you have a small space in your office to set those things up, like take some pictures in your free time or something. I don't know. But I've made a lot of money on these things. I, I My initial cost of like coffee mugs total has probably been like 30, 40 bucks if that. I made $500 on them, which isn't really all that much in the grand scheme of things, but I just love selling them. It's my favorite thing because when a coffee mug sale comes through and you're like, I bought that for 10 cents. I got that for free. I got that for two bucks and I made five, six, seven dollars on it. That's not a lot of money to make, but you, you took a dime and turned it into seven dollars. You'll never get that kind of a return anywhere. And it's not all about your ROI because ROI is super misleading. Like, I don't know, 10 cents to $7 is like 700% or something like that. So like, it's super high. No, seven. it's like 7,000%. So like, it's way, way higher than you're gonna get as a return on anything else. I just like it because it was the first thing I ever learned how to flip. And it's such a stupid thing. Who on earth is buying a used coffee mug on eBay for $14? Because I'm charging shipping on a coffee mug. I'm charging a bubble mailer. So they're paying around eight bucks shipping. They're paying around eight bucks at the minimum for a coffee mug. Who's paying $16 in tax for a used coffee mug? They're not that nice. I sold one from a random cafe out in Ohio today. Like it literally said like French Creek Run had a picture of some somebody who was like Native American on a canoe in a creek. And I was like, this thing should never sell, sell, but it's 10 cents. I'm going to get it and we'll see what happens. And ended up selling. So I don't know. Main thing is if you're looking to get started, coffee mugs, stuffed animals, those are my go-tos. You can make some good money on those. So that's kind of what I've been working on today. Just kind of low-key stuff, trying to get a lot of the stuff that I have listed up and get that stuff out of my house and then get some more capital back get ready for the sneaker releases at the end of this week, at the end of next week. And let's just, let's just see what we can do. So I'm excited about it. Hopefully you guys are excited for the rest of this week and we can get at some good profits for the remainder of the week. Now, if you do just want to go to the Apple podcast app and leave me a five-star review, I would really, really appreciate that. It is the only way that Apple kind of promotes a podcast and it's really the best way for new people to come and find the podcast because when they search reselling or or financial freedom or whatever it is, Apple promotes the podcasts that have more reviews to the top of the list. So that would be a great thing. I would really, really appreciate that. That would help me get new people to listen and hopefully get new people to start reselling and make some money for themselves. But with that being said, I'm going to go so you guys have a great rest of your Tuesday. I will talk to you tomorrow with another podcast. Have a good one. Peace.